0: Jack's what is up nation uh welcome to just jack's just chat um Mark McDonnell, McDonnell McDonnell, was our guest today, the co-founder of Modest Golf Management, um, that he set up with, uh, with One Direction star Niall Horan. Um, it was so interesting to hear about the behind the scenes of, um, a, a, you know, of a professional golfer the work that goes into ensuring that their off-the-course life is as settled as possible it's cool to hear a bit more around their, their, sort of, um, their approach to the industry, what value they want to bring um, Mark's doing many different things than, than just looking after players, of course that's his primary, primary concern but of course, he's uh, he helped ignite the the and Rose um, charity, which which uh, which I think is into their third event now. They've raised nearly uh, two and a half million um, pounds for for for, for, for charities um, and doing their bit to, to give back to the game of golf. Um, it was just so fascinating to hear to hear about all the different trials and tribulations that his players have been through to get where they've they've gotten. Um, it, it takes years and years of hard work, sacrifice, and, and adversity to come out the other end. Um, to come out the other end somewhat successful, and even then, it's not guaranteed, right? The the, the feeder tour life is a is, is a tough life to live. It's hard to get out of. It's hard uh, to make it to the European and PGA tour, uh, PGA tours. But um, but obviously, well worth it. in the end. We talk about Terrell Hatton's success, of course, um, a marquee um, signing for Fort Montes Golf Management. Um, we talk about some of the maybe the, the lesser well known players, someone like Richard Mansell, who um. For anyone who who knows sort of the Jersey Nation um, is a good friend of Charlie Crosby, who our first real. Uh, you know, supporter in our community, um, who unfortunately suffered a um, suffered an accident on a golf course, and I know Richard's been uh, Richard's been doing a lot of work to um, to raise money for for various charities and his rehabilitation as well, which is awesome to see. Um, it was such a special moment to hear that Richard was a, was part of their sort of uh, part of Modest golf management, which I had no idea about until until Mark agreed to do this. Just a really insightful. Uh, podcast that I think um, will, will, will do what it says in the tin. It will, it will educate you. Um, it will entertain you. It will inspire you to do something in the, in the world of golf. Or at least I hope so. Uh, that, 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 is my, uh, that is my passion here. Once again, I hope we keep improving this. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I'm trying to do as many um, as possible, as many good quality podcasts as possible for everyone during this, uh, during this difficult time. So head up to everyone, uh, stay safe, and enjoy. I hope you're having a great time listening to the podcast. Um, It is sponsorship time, and we are brought to you once again um, by the legends over at 4 Links. Uh, What is 4 Links? Uh, 4 Links is a multi uh, golf course uh, membership where you pay a monthly fee and in return you get points. You then use these points to play. Play in Nevada, play in California, even play in Arizona. Three states full of courses. Um, They're very community-driven, very customer-focused, and they're all about creating experience for the customer, which is why they've now um, launched um, their fantasy golf platform where you can utilize your points, enter tournaments, play against your friends, go in head-to-heads, play in leagues, and acquire and accumulate points, then go and use to play. So you can enjoy golf, you can enjoy having a bit of banter with your friends, um, you can enjoy watching it, and then you get rewarded by getting points to then play. Not only that, we're at a very immature stage of the platform. Um, as we see this marketplace develop and mature, we're gonna see new product offerings, new things to use your points for. You can already use them to to buy apparel, uh, to buy lessons, et cetera, but expect that marketplace to develop um, as time goes on. I'm gonna stop the ad there. Those guys are amazing. Go check them out. Um, back to the podcast one. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Just Jack's Just Chat. Um, it's season two. It's episode 15. Um, uh, I really do hope you enjoyed uh, the episode we did with Scott Stallings, obviously being the first PJ Tour player we've, we've managed to have on Just Jack's um, Just Chat. Um, and we're continuing in a, in a very sort of similar vein this week. Um, we've actually managed to, to sit down and speak with Mark McDonald, the, the co-founder um, of Modest Golf Management. Um, Mark, how are we?
1: I'm great. Thank you. Um, safe and well and healthy, which I guess uh, is all you can really ask for during these um, strange times. But no, thanks for having me on and, and congratulations and all the success you're having with the, the podcast. Podcast is great.
0: No, I, I really, really do appreciate your time, mate. Um, I know it's a, it's a sort of interesting time for everyone, but um, I, one thing I've really seen um, the growth of is the amount of conversations that are just that are just happening on whether it be social media or wherever it's taking place. I think can bring a lot of benefit to people. So, um, th- th- thank you again. Um, the, the the way we like to sort of start these things, Mark, is we're always interested and fascinated with how people got into the game of golf. So. What I want to know is your sort of comic book story with golf, how golf found you or how you found it. How, how were you introduced to the game?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I was introduced to the game by my father when I was five, six years old, actually joined the local club at 10 years old, you know, usual story played every day, in my summer holidays, um, after school during the summer months, every weekend without fail, um, got to sort of a low single finger handicap, but but mine was an interesting one because I never had aspirations to turn professional. I fell in love with a game, but I I knew from quite an early age, I wasn't um, good enough to make it as a professional. Um, I actually grew up uh, with Justin Rose as well. Um, I was four years younger than him. And so I lived through that uh, early start of his career when he missed 21 cuts in a row. (laughs) So if ever there was a sort of a Um, a comparable to make sure you knew you weren't going to be good enough. When I saw how much Justin was struggling, I knew off my handicap of seven, um, I had no chance really. Um, So I I always wanted to explore um, working in golf, but my route was obviously much different because I never sort of ever wanted or tried to, to turn professional. Um, so, yeah, so I went and did a degree in management and then my goal was always to gain as much experience as I could in the game of golf. So that meant um, I worked in the factory for Adidas Golf um, during uh, summer holidays and half terms. And uh, then I went to work for two different manufacturers in TaylorMade and, and Shrixon in and Cleveland um, and just really try to meet people, get to know people develop relationships, and that's kind of how I got my break into into the golf industry. Um, golf's an incredible uh, network. You meet so many amazing people, and, and during that uh, 16 years or so of um, working for the manufacturers and, and meeting people, I met um, Modest Management, which was a hugely successful entertainment company, and started having conversations with them about wanting to move into the golf space. And here I am. I guess the rest is the rest is history. Sort of sixteen years on, obviously enjoying enjoying more than ever working in this in this great sport.
0: absolutely. Um it, it, it seems like a it seems like you've really sort of earned your position, so to speak. You know, people are people always seem to be sort of um Envious of like the sort of sports management type roles, right? There's not a lot of positions in inverted commas, but um, it, it, a lot of people who are sports fanatics like can't have a career as a player. Often think, right, I want to be, I want to be an agent or a or a player manager or however you, however you want to term it. But I think it's important for for people to realise that like you have to earn your stripes. It, it it takes time, and you you're willing to sort of. Chuck yourself into a factory of a of a golf club manufacturer just to get your break to develop a network and, and to see where you wanted to where you wanted to impact the game. Would would you say that was a particularly important sort of point for people to to understand that like you're far better off? Putting the hard yards in, it, it, earning your 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 place, so to speak. Because I think a lot of people want so much so soon now that they just think, right, I want to be want to be an agent at like twenty one, but they've got no experience in in what that actually means, and they they, they don't know how they're going to bring the most value to to the, to that athlete.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. You've you've nailed it on the head. there really and um, I got my break if you like in the management world when I was just past my 30th birthday. Bearing in mind I graduated at 21 with a management degree <laughs> um, obviously nine years on before I got my real break in management um, but during that time yes I, I worked for global companies which now I work with still on a daily basis but obviously on the other opposite side of the fence where we're negotiating with them and talking to them and developing strategies with them all the time with our various players. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, we would get a lot of young guys and girls email in asking, you know, about how they um, how they get into the golf industry. And it it, it is tough. Um, but, you know, what I always say is, is off you know, go and do work experience, go and give up your time. You know, if you're 16, 17, 18 and you've got a summer holiday you know go and offer your services for free for a week or two and and you know you just never know you may meet someone or if you're not meeting someone you're at least learning and and just developing your your So then when you are going to companies you can say well I've done two weeks work experience at this company and I've met this person and it's all about just um you know developing yourself really and then opportunities a hundred percent will come and all the managers and, and management in, in golf—they've all followed different paths, but they've all done sort of similar things in the sense of, you know, they've gone and worked for various companies and, and worked hard to get to the points where they're at. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it really hit home when I when I spoke with um, spoke with Scott Stallings last week. It's like, like t- yeah. t- to get any bit of success, takes so much uh, leg work takes so much graft, uh, is, is a sort of others term it, um, behind the scenes, that's, that's unrewarded. Maybe that people don't see that's really where the success is, is, is built. So I think people think too much with the sort of the, the end goal, um, in the forefront of the mind. Yes, you should have one. Of course. Um, it's good to be driven and ambitious, et cetera, but like it, you can't get past the fact that to achieve anything good, takes work. Um, I think there's no better sport to represent that than than, than golf.
1: A hundred percent. And and there's definitely something about that saying about you create your own luck, you know? Uh, yes, I, I am. And, and anyone working in golf is incredibly lucky. You know, even the players, you know, you hear people say, oh, you know, they're so lucky to be out there playing, you know, playing on the European tour, the US tour and, and playing for the prize funds. They are absolutely, they're very lucky to do it. But, that whole story started, you know, back home in their back garden when they were eight, nine years old, working working hard and, and trying to develop their careers. You know, I guess Ian Poulter would probably be a prime prime example of of someone who's absolutely grafted and grafted and worked hard to, you know, get to the top of the game and win rider cups and tournaments across the world. So yeah absolutely it's a it's it is an incredible industry an incredible world to to work in but absolutely i think you know um you have to start um as soon as you can and and, and work hard and and try and create opportunities for yourself really
0: yeah absolutely i guess before we before we sort of delve into into modus golf management mark the the sort of the first thing that struck me about your story uh, of how you introduced the game was was you mentioned you grew up with or alongside or nearby by Justin Rose. Um was yeah. that, was that the same club where you sort of were your friends on the street like how what was the what was the connection there?
1: Yeah, so I mean um I'm Hampshire based so uh we got a wealth of amazing courses in the South of England, you know, you've got your Wentworths and you've got your Sunningdales and and we're at North Northants which is about 30 minutes away uh one of a uh, uh, real well-known courses in the south of England host a very well-known tournament, Hampshire Hog, which is a is a big tournament in the south of England, won by a few sort of past European Tour winners. Uh, but yeah, exactly. That grew up with Justin from uh, five six years old. Um, he was very close friends and best friends of uh, my brother, um, and um, and yeah, grew up with him and and was, was very sort of uh, privileged to kind of watch him in the game. But certainly. Um, I went off to university and Justin went on tour and what have you. So I never really um got help with Justin, if you like, on getting a break into the the industry. If anything, Justin just inspired me to want to work in in the world of golf really. But it's been incredible to 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 watch as a friend his his journey in, in golf and um you know, whether you're playing golf or you're in golf or I think Justin's an incredible story just in about life in general, right? And that's about you can go through and you can hit what you think's rock bottom, but with, you know, hard work, determination and belief, you can really get through anything. Because I think during that uh, time when he was missing all those cuts and uh, I think uh, he had a nickname Justin Biked at one point because he kept getting invites, kept missing cuts, Um, you know, and you know, to think he, he hit that rock bottom bounce back and not only bounced back, but became world number one Olympic gold medalist, major winner, four or five Ryder Cups he's won is just, I mean, it's just one of the, certainly in my lifetime, one of the, the biggest stories, I think, in golf, you know?
0: Yeah, I I, I honestly think Justin Rose's story is, is sort of uh, underrated and under-talked about, I think. um I think because he's quite a sort of a, a modest and understated a guy in himself or well, that's that's at least how, how it comes across perhaps he yeah. sort of uh, pushes the limelight away from himself with the way he sort of carries himself I'm not sure but like to to, to go from like missing 21 cuts in a row like that's quick golf level that's not like I bet there was many conversation had between Justin and his coaches and in his circle about like, look, at some point you're just gonna have to say no because we've got no money. Uh, we don't look yeah. like we get any more money. It doesn't look like you're gonna make a success of this. Um, and to miss like to miss that 21 cuts then to reach the pinnacle, of the game, right, winning a major and playing a Ryder Cup, Ryder Cups, doesn't get it doesn't get bigger. And then obviously, of course, he won the FedEx Cup, um, 2018. So he's he's got some amazing accolades. And I, I, I think I have so much respect for him. It's a shame that, like, his story's not magnified more. I, I know that Miss could sketch brought up a lot, but it's like, I don't know, maybe he's going to be one of those guys that you, that, that you sort of, uh, that you don't realise how much you appreciate him until, he, until he's gone.
1: No, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. What, what I would say is, I mean, I have no sort of, I have just a friendship with Justin. I don't work with him in any way. But, you know, our strategy of our business is about signing young players. And I think, Someone like Justin is such an icon for so many guys coming through. Um, you know, his story, you know, one of our young Italians, Guido Migliozzi, he turned professional, uh, on the Alps tour and missed a few cuts on the challenge tour, never gave up, never gave up, you know. Um, and then you know, he got his big break, um, securing his European tour card, first year out, wins twice on tour, you know. So, so many of the golfers, I think, go through you know, tough starts to their professional career as they sort of navigate from out it
0: shouldn't have cut out but we've we we've got your pack. Um I, th- I think no. I think you just uh finish up your um uh, finish up a point, right?
1: About Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I just think Justin's just an incredible sort of icon for so many young players breaking through in the game. I think what Justin um represents really for young players is that it's okay to get off to a tough start your your pro career you know amateur to pro is such a tough journey to navigate it's okay to miss a few cuts it's okay to you know to have questionable form at times but you know hard work determination you know real talent will always come through whether it takes months or or years you know Um, and regarding Justin you know um, and his profile what I would say about Justin is he's doing an incredible amount of work through his Telegraph the Telegraph golf series about creating opportunities for young golfers he has um, an incredible charity in the US where he's giving back. So he is doing so much with his profile to try and promote golf and, and use his name for good. So, um, yeah, maybe he doesn't probably get the recognition he deserves, but um, he's an incredible guy and he's, he's doing so, so much for the game.
0: Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to, to, to Justin later. I know, well, I, I think anyway, you, you do some sort of um, you do some charitable work together. So it would be great to get into that. but. Yeah. What what I really wanna know at this stage, Mark, is you're you're working for TailorMade, um, you're doing very well. I think you're the account executive of the year for, for 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 that brand. Obviously it's a big business, so things are going well there. Yeah. At what point did you think there's some value I can bring um, to, to, to player management? And what did that what did that value proposition look like and, and how did you get from that sort of that idea, that value proposition to to, to, to you know to to building a a golf management business with um with, with a pop star <laughs> in Niall Horan yeah
1: yeah sure it's not the uh, most normal of uh, stories is it um, no. <laughs> I guess for me um, I've always been a massive fan of golf first and foremost and I just felt I guess when I was sort of 26, 27 and watching the game and I just really felt that with the way people were digesting information and the rise of social media um and all that kind of stuff that golf was changing and golf was becoming cooler um and athletes were becoming more than just golfers they were becoming um well-known faces and there were lots of crossovers between sport and entertainment and and i just felt golf was maybe tracking a little bit behind the music and entertainment world which i'd seen firsthand through modest management through my friendship with Uh, some of the artists and um, and some of the managers um, for that business and I got very sort of um, friendly with obviously Nile Horan who was having an incredible amount of success with One Direction and you know he is just um, an absolute golf fanatic Um, and you look at people like him you look at people like Jamie Dornan. you look at people like Justin Bieber and and, and these massive um, profiles away from golf with completely u- unique audiences who love the game. And I just felt um, that when Narl, Narl had started to talk about how he wanted to try and help young players, it was all about helping some young players who just maybe needed a bit of assistance in breaking through. Um, and I think if you ask any any person in golf to name sort of 10 young players from 10 years ago who they thought would have made it and didn't, you know, we've all got, you know, there's so many great golfers who just haven't made it for a number of reasons. It's not just through uh, lack of management. It's through a number of different things, but we just felt um, that w- if we could just try and help some young players, you know, they have a much bigger team than just us, but if we could just add five, 6% to, their armory to go out there and make it then then maybe just maybe that would help um and that's kind of where it really stemmed from all about supporting young players and in trying to break through in the game by creating opportunities by trying to create a little bit of sponsorship and and support really and and that's where it came from um we made the conscious decision to um start from scratch you know we didn't want to sign older players, we really wanted to, to sign two or three young players, start the business from scratch and just grow very organically and, and and fortunately we've had players who really bought into that vision about what we wanted to do and um and now obviously four years on we, we feel we're in a in a great position and, and honestly, you know, speaking on behalf of myself, Nal and the whole team, there is nothing, nothing more rewarding than watching young players achieve, achieve their dreams and achieve their goals. It's, it is the most rewarding thing from a job and makes all the sort of long days worth it.
0: I, 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 I can definitely imagine. It, it definitely seems now, um, more than ever in fact, I may, be, I may be wrong, so please do correct me, that sort of um, rookies and young players seem to have more of an immediate success to life on tour than they perhaps did sort of 20 years Ooh. ago. I, I, I assume that's because of the because of the improvement of the, um, the programmes they've got in, the, in different college systems in the States, the improvement of, of management, um, et cetera. But w- what are you seeing um, in the world of golf that's enabling, that's enabling young players to, to succeed?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of credit has to go to the golf unions. It has to go to the feeder tours. You know, you like so, the Challenge Tour do an incredible job, your Alps Tour, your Euro Pro. There's a new tour in the UK called the Clutch Tour, which are one-day events. But all these tours are getting so much better. You know, there are more opportunities than ever for young people to play. Um, and I think, for me, the, the new talent, the, the players breaking through are becoming more and more and more professional than ever before, you know, and your guy who hasn't even maybe played on the European tour yet still got a diet plan, they've still got a trainer. You you know, they're taking themselves so seriously to 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 make it, which is absolutely incredible. And I think the likes of Tiger, the likes of Rory, all these fantastic icons we have in the game now who are promoting that it's not just about golf now. It's not just about hanging a ball. It's about, you know, what you put into your body. It's about fitness. It's about training. It's about all sorts of different other lifestyle choices so for me it's all about um the developmental tours which are getting better it's about how young players now are becoming more and more professional and i think those two together is is, is making the the talent breaking through unbelievable and i think as well these young guys they don't fear you know winning they they really don't you know guido migliozzi our young italian you know he's He's had five professional victories already, you know, three on the Alps Tour and and two on the European Tour. And you only have to look at, you know, um some of the other young players winning uh on tour. It's it's great to see and it's exciting. It's really exciting to watch, you know, as a golf fan.
0: Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I know he's not one of one of one of your players, but um someone that really excites me again, who I think's Understated, and underrated is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. he, he's had he, he was obviously USM champion that people don't realize. I think he's only like twenty-five, and his, his career earnings. Are, I, I checked this the other day. Um, I, I can't remember the exact figures. So I'm, I'm not going to quote it, but he's done phenomenally well. Um, yeah. and he he's he's a guy that really excites me. Who who would be a player, Mark? That we that, that the listeners may not have heard of, or perhaps who's who signed to you that, uh, that's an up and coming, like a rising star.
1: Sure. Uh, I think uh from from our f- for me, from our players, I'm biased. You know, I feel th- feel any player we sign is um hugely exciting. Um they all follow their own different journeys. Uh but you know, we believe in in all our talent, um, right across the board. Um you've got some great young players for ours well. on the the European Tour and Challenge Tours. We've just signed a young South African Jaden Shaper who won the junior players. Uh in the same year, Rory obviously won his. He was um, an incredible talent. We were, were so pleased to secure and uh, we just signed a world top 10 amateur, Blake Windred, who's just recently turned pro from Australia. So uh, for us, you know, we we feel our roster's in a really, really good place. And um, both our male and female golfers are, are fantastic to work with. Um, outside of our players, I think you've got, um, you've got so many young talent. I think you look at Robbie McIntyre in his first year out um, from Scotland. He he did so well in his rookie season. You've got the the new um, the Hogarth twins, who one of which has won on the European Tour already. Um, you know, those guys are absolutely ones to watch. Um, but yeah, so many. And I think you you only need to look at now who's winning on tour to see. You can't predict it. You know, no one dominates, you know, so many people can win on the on the tour now right across the board which is great it's obviously great for the game you know because you don't you don't get anyone dominating
0: yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more um mark if a few guys who who sort of uh learned that you were you were coming on um wanted to sort of really understand what life is a as a player manager, as an agent, as a representative, as a management company, um, is like so. Like, as vague as it sounds, I'm sure we can we can get into some more uh, in depth stuff. What 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 does your day to day look like, Mark? Like, what what is your what what is your sort of duty to to the players that you represent?
1: Um, to be honest, there is no every day is different. Um, without wanting to to swerve your question, um, for for us really, it's just about trying to 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 be there for the player. In, in any area they need. And it's just about being there when they need it and when they, they don't need us, just being quietly in the, in the background. Um, so for, for us, really, I guess, if you wanted to summarise it in, in one line, we, we always say we, we ultimately just want the player to hit the shot and any other worry or concern we, we take care of, you know, whether that's logistics, whether that's um, sponsorship, whether that's uh, scheduling, you know, we really just try and take um, the pressures away from the player. Ultimately, now there are more and more demands on players with sponsorships and with um, the contracts, all that kind of stuff where they, they need support now more than ever. And and you, you, you see, I guess, players, teams getting slightly bigger than, than ever before, really, with coaches and, and nutritionists and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I guess, yeah, in short, it's really just being a support Crutch for for the player as and when they they need it.
0: Okay, in, 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 interesting. It, it, it's um, obviously with the rise of social media, we've we've seen players have now got the opportunity more than ever to sort of develop their their, their personal brand, right? Um, with the media they put out, with how they're perceived, um, with how they play, etc. Like I imagine it's quite difficult as a as a representative to get the balance right between making sure you're maximizing the commercial opportunities off the course while also still remembering that hang on a minute this guy's a golfer his job is to win golf tournaments that's what we're we're here for first and foremost
1: yeah sure but i think I, i i no example really springs to mind of anybody who doesn't really have that balance i think some players need to be encouraged more um but I think social media in in the golf space is incredible. I think no better example than right now when we are in this of global pandemic and and some of the i mean i mean I'm only speaking on behalf of say the golf community, but some of the i never have I felt more part of a community as I have this last few weeks you know some real sort of figures in the game are doing so much good um Ian Finnish, you know Tommy Fleetwood's caddy, perfect example, who's raising money for the Caddy Foundations. You know, you you see the successful caddies, obviously caddying for Rory and caddying for all the top top players. There, there is another element where some of the caddies, obviously just starting out or caddying for lower ranked players, you know, being forced off work is is tough for them. So to see the use, how he's used social media to generate some. Um, some income for those guys is is wonderful to see um and you know so many players are are promoting various charities and and the work the work the medical workers and various medical bodies around the world all the good they're doing so now more than ever it's 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 so powerful to see you know how powerful um social media is is in sport in golf and and it's been wonderful wonderful to watch
0: yeah, and it, it, as well as the sort of the I guess the raising money and, and awareness aspect, it's also just pretty cool as a golf fan to see your favorite golfers or professional golfers in the back garden practicing the chipping or like in environments where you wouldn't normally see them. I know a few of your players have been doing some home tutorials and stuff, haven't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just think now more than ever, it's what it's what I know it's what I want as a golf fan. I don't want to see um, a golfer do a a standard interview um, like they used to i I like to see behind the scenes content i like to see players relax more relaxed Uh, i love that kind of content so it's been it's been wonderful to watch there's been some really creative guys out there doing some wonderful things um so yeah so it's it it shows you really the the power of of social media and and what it does for 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 golf right
0: yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a point there about you like you like hearing sort of like honest, direct, behind the scenes, sort of like footage and content and and conversations. This this is always a question that I want that I sort of want answered. That I kind of need the answer to, but I know you're going to know a lot more about. Um, how much do do player sponsors jeopardize the quality of a player interview? Um,
1: to, to be honest, honestly, um, the sponsors, the only sponsors I've ever ever heard, they always say authenticity you know okay. no no players push to, to 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 plug anything in particular what i find is players are extremely proud to to be a part of these brands and a part of these these companies um you know i guess till hatton and, and guido and Connor Syme, they're signed to adidas golf adidas golf have done some amazing things in terms of recycling um waste product into turning it into Product and all that kind of stuff, and it and it's actually initiatives that players are proud to be a part of, so they're happy to to push their messages out there. So, f- from my perspective, uh, from what I've um, seen with the manufacturers, it's it's quite the opposite. You know, they're not obviously. You know, they wear sponsored hats and all that, or interviews. It's all it's all about um, being authentic. And if if not, I think the the end consumer. And um, yet, you know, would would see right through that. So, no, certainly, you know, brands don't push that on. You know.
0: Okay, okay, un- un- understood. Um, and, and when sort of players are uh, obviously agents like yourself are, are making decisions around sort of uh, sponsorship and sponsorship deals and and um, various partnerships, um, how much like of a fit test is the done be- before you actually before you actually say sign with a tailor made or, or sign with a title list? Like, what does that? background work like look like and what's the what's the main topics of conversation that get brought up before before these, these deals get done
1: uh, to, to be honest it's all about what the player is comfortable with you know um golf clubs in particular you know these guys um, it's their tools of their trade so they have to be 100 percent comfortable um and and likewise with either clothing or, or or brand partnership the player has to feel comfortable um because it's obviously going to become a part of their team for the foreseeable. So, you, you know, we always um, encourage our players to to be 100% comfortable with something before entering into any sort of partnership or agreement with, with any brand or, or company or anything, really. So it's, it's all to do with um, if a player's happy. And if a player's happy, obviously, then that's something we can explore.
0: Okay, okay. It's just really interesting to hear what, you know, the, the conversations that happen, because I think a lot of people's assumption is that, like, you know, say a, 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 an agency like yourself get um, get approached by a tailor-made, you're like, right, you just force a plate to sound them because it's a, maybe a lucrative um, commercial agreement. People, I don't think people understand that, like, there is a huge amount of thought and work that goes into whether this is a partnership that's going to mutually benefit uh, the the people involved, right?
1: no absolutely um no and, and and look i i i don't blame people for maybe having that perspective sometimes you know i open the daily mail or a paper and i read about you know the football world and and this player's going to that club and it's they're only doing it because of this or that or that paycheck you know you don't you don't really know i guess you, you can only sort of go by what you read right but um no in, in terms of uh, my experiences in golf it's it's never been about that and and the players are are so professional it is it is all about um what what's right for them and what's right for their their next step you know um golf is a is a fantastic sport um if you get to um a good uh level in golf you can earn fantastic money which um is obviously people people can see you know by by turning on the telly and seeing the tournaments and what these guys are guys and girls are playing for um, but more more than anything, they have to be their, their teams have to be right their their clubs have to be right and their partnerships have to be right you know and, and in order for for all those things to happen, then they can obviously kick on and, and feel comfortable and perform to a high level
0: mm, okay okay understood um one player that I want to sort of um sort of labor on is is Tyrrell hutton right he's a yeah he's an english golfer who who's been on the cusp of something really quite great. He's almost been, I always sort of categorize him in um, in sort of like a Tommy Fleetwood category where You can see they've got the flair, the charisma, the um, the intensity and in the in the skill level to to win majors and do some great things in golf. Um, but yeah. I think it's been a particularly huge year for, for Terrell Hatton, right? That, that win at the Arnold Palmer invitation, I think, really solidified uh, the fact that he belongs at the top of the game. Could, can you sort yeah. of talk to us, Mark, a bit around sort of like, um, how you how you got into contact with Tyrrell? Like what? How you sort of uh, began working together, and what that behind the work, sort of behind the scenes stuff has looked like from to be able to, to obviously achieve that first uh, PGA Tour win and, and and hopefully many more.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, firstly, um, modest goal signing Tyrrell Hatton back uh, at the start of last summer was you know an incredible moment really for us. Every every player we sign is is special because we've obviously put a lot of hard work into securing their their, their signature but um Tyrell was obviously a slightly different uh, signing for us in terms of he'd been on tour for a few years obviously had a lot of success already um played in the Ryder Cup and what have you so he was an incredible guy to get on board um him boat uh, signed with us um shortly after uh danny wardrop danny wardrop uh works alongside me he's our director of golf and has worked with till for a few years now so to bring both uh, guys on was a a fantastic addition to to modest golf um tyrell as a as a guy i I cannot honestly speak highly enough of him um funny enough one of the um, commentators a few weeks back said on the tv and i think it sums till up perfectly He's nice to everybody but himself. <laughs> and what I mean by that is he's the, just the nicest, kindest guy you'll ever meet. But he he is always so hard on himself. And I think that's sometimes in the past where maybe people have got the wrong perception of him because maybe he's reacted to something on the course that he shouldn't have. I think now, I, I think he's got in a really good position where he does show his frustration on the course, but he knows where the line is. I love it because I think Tyrrell represents your everyday golfer. You go out there on the course, you hit an eight iron, you want it to go within 10 feet and it goes 40 feet away. And you're like, how's that happened? You know, I just think he's, he is just your total representation of every golfer who loves the sport with all their heart, but gets so frustrated on the course. So, so I, I love it really because he's not scripted. You can't tell him what to do. He's so passionate. He's so um, put so much pressure on himself to perform. And obviously now to see, you know, after Till going through a tough period, he'd tell you himself last year, you know, he, he slipped a little bit in the world rankings. He had a an ongoing wrist injury. Um, you know, he, he wasn't 100 percent happy and in a great space. But then to go and obviously win the Turkish Airlines event and then to go and get his surgery done. I Men to, to add a couple of additions to a team this year with a fitness coach, he's just in a, in a fantastic position. And, and to see him go and obviously become a first Englishman to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational and to get, for me, the recognition he deserves on the world stage rather than just in, in European golf is, is incredible to watch. And uh, as a business. Uh, we're delighted to be a part of that, but obviously sort of that journey started from years and years ago with his father, who's still to this day coaches him, to his fiance, Emily, you know, to, to Danny, who obviously now works with us. So those guys sort of started on that journey years and years ago. But yeah, we're absolutely delighted to sort of uh, join that journey over the last 12 months.
0: Yeah, he's um I was just about to say like I I haven't spoke about about Terrell on this podcast before and yes he is is very animated but like I absolutely like I love that. I think I think what we've seen from America I think the American fans are really engaging. With him, and I think he yeah. stand out as like a is a bit of a favorite in terms of the sort of the, the English contingent on tour because the, the Americans seem to adopt him very well. Um, and I think as well, there's a certain appreciation that like when you're at an event, you actually feel the the importance and severity of, of each and every golf shot. These are high pressure situations at the most competitive um, tournaments in the world, against you know playing against the best players in the world. Like why why wouldn't you be annoyed if you if you miss hit a shot or or didn't quite get get the outcome you wanted. Um and I love how brutally honest he is as well after after the interview. It's just like it feels like his success hasn't changed him. He just comes across as a as a really passionate, hardworking, uh yes, very animated, but like he's an entertaining guy to to, to watch.
1: No, I completely agree. And and obviously, you know, being fortunate enough to be friends with Niall, who's obviously hugely successful in the entertainment world and what have you, you know. I think a good judge of uh, a person and, and who's had success is the people around them and, and till still got the same friends he's always had and he's 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 kept very similar sort of team around him. He's a great he's a he's a great, great guy. He's doing a lot for the game. Um and he, yeah, he's, 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 brilliant to work, to work with. And uh, as you say, you know, if I take my kind of management cap off for a minute and just talk as a golf fan, which I've been since I was six years old, I love seeing guys like that. I love seeing guys with a bit of character, uh, you know, a bit of spice on the course who, 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 show their ups and downs. It was brilliant, you know, and to watch, to watch that last round at the, the Arnold Palmer, when I think he, I think he doubled the ninth, did he? he doubled the ninth or the tenth. It was Coming around the turn, you know, to, to watch him as a golf fan on that journey of battling and it, it was it was incredible to watch. It was such an exciting round of golf to, to watch. You know, I was glued to the TV, which is what we always that's what we all want. Right. The more people who are glued to TV to watch golf in that exciting way is only good for the game and will only inspire more people to to take it up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You you couldn't have said it couldn't have said it better. To to, to be very sort of honest, I think it's one of those career victories that you look back on um, as perhaps a marker for where his for where his sort of career uh, turned up a notch. Right, where I I think, although you've got to have huge amounts of belief in yourself before you achieve any any success, I think maybe that win's going to be one that really pushes Till mentally to think. Hang on a minute, I I really do belong here, um, and I, I can go out and win majors. I know he's I know he's probably had the, obviously he's got those ambitions and um, and those beliefs, but I think when you win an event like the Arnold Palmer Invitational, it really cements that. Um, and I think we're going to see yeah. even even more so prosperous years to come from Tyrrell. I think it's yeah. so it's so good for English golf.
1: Definitely, definitely, and absolutely, and and also I think for you know I always go back to the bread and butter of our business, which is about signing young talent and developing them. You know. For people who don't know Till's backstory, Till came through those feeder tours, which we touched upon earlier. You know, he didn't just—he wasn't a, a glamorous college guy who kind of graduated from college and went straight out on tour. He he grafted. He worked and really learned his game on the Euro Pro Tour. He learned it on the Challenge Tour. He then battled, earned his card. And then obviously then kicked on and kicked on. So his his career has kind of been trending and improving year on year on year since turning professional. So I, I guess it's just nice to see that amongst, you know, it, it's great to see all these amazing, talented um, sort of kids breaking through straight away, but that doesn't always happen. And I think Till is your perfect kind of um, example of someone who's really, really worked hard and, and had to go for every single step to get to where he is. So it's it's great to see, and I think it's inspiring for the next generation. You know,
0: no, I, I, absolutely. And I, I want to sort of use that as a transition point onto onto another player of yours that I that, yeah. that people probably haven't heard of, um, and that's Richard Richard Mansell. Um, yeah, it, it's strange. I I um I so when we first set this podcast up, our very first sort of guy on Instagram who popped up and said, "I love what you guys are doing," etc. was a guy called Charlie Crosby, who was a who was a good friend of, of Richard Mansell? Um, yes, obviously Charlie had the horrible accident. I know Richard's done some charitable work to try and to try and help with those, uh, you know, rehabilitation costs. But it was just so yeah. interesting and so weird and full circle to see the guy who, you know, outside of my sort of family and friends, approached me and said he believed in, in what we were doing, etc. Um, put me in touch with Richard. I've I've, I've spoken to Richard a few times, and to see him in your, in your sort of Ross was was like a really nice moment. Can you tell us a bit about a bit about Richard and? Um and how you guys sort of working together as well
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah richard um richard uh, signed with the business last year um again, he's had some success on some of the developmental tours um and yeah, Richard was previously with another company and and um that company that uh, de- then decided to leave golf, so he was kind of a free agent. And I just said to him um, initially, we weren't looking to to sign players. You know, we are a boutique business and we're never going to go down that route of sort of signing a a massive amount of players. Because for us, then your service levels are in danger of dropping. The more players you have to look after, the more opportunities you have to create. So we kind of wanted to always keep our stable pretty tight. And that's something which Nile in particular is, is incredibly sort of uh fixed on and passionate about because he's come from a management company you've looked after him in modest management Our parent company they've always had a a limited amount of artists they've looked after but obviously really uh aimed at a, a high level of service um so richard i just started supporting um just as a as a fan as someone who admired his game um i wanted to try and help him i helped him put together a charity event at not a charity, sorry, a charity event, but also a fundraising event for him. So it was sort of part money towards his career, part charity, um, which he invited family and friends to be involved in. Um, supported him with that a little bit, created a couple of opportunities for him, got him a clothing deal. I never put a contract in front of him, really. It was just about trying to help him in any way I could and see how he got on. And and to be honest with you, Richard just took it and, and ran and, and his he had a great standout year last year and um he absolutely uh, as i say we weren't looking to recruit anybody but he 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 literally put us in a position where we we had to sign him because he kicked on so much and 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 showed and we were just so impressed with him you know he never richard's a a really positive guy He's, he's an absolute pleasure to work with he's so professional and um you know he he's just so determined and he'll work hard if someone tells him he can't do he'll go and work harder to prove he can um so yeah so the starts we gave him actually uh we gave him a start at our event that on on the challenge tour last summer came top 10 earned himself a um a um a spot in the following week's tournament came top 10 again and basically built a schedule around just playing great golf himself so yeah it was he was great for us to to bring on um and uh yeah he's again he's very much a kind of a modest style player in the sense of sort of attitude and work ethic which are probably the two things we we look for most in a in a client we're looking to sign
0: yeah I, um richard's a person who I, I don't know well it's just I've I've got that sort of that weird connection um with and I, 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 really hope that he that he pushed on and achieves the success that he that he deserves because he's such a such a nice guy. Like like I said, our communication was all just off the back of how can we help Richard's friend Charlie who who had a horrible accident on um on, on the golf course. Yeah, um, sure. And I think it's really important to talk about these kinds of people in golf because they're not at the sort of forefront of media yet. They are quite potentially the the, the next sort of uh, carriers of the game, so to speak. Richard could quite easily. Be on the PJ Tour. He's got the talent level, um, and he's he's probably where Tyrrell was a few years ago, right? So I, I think it's really interesting to sort of highlight these players now, where the heads are at and what they're doing now, because um, it's going to be so evident for people what the recipe is to then to then succeed. And it always comes down to like how well do you treat other people, and, and are you a hard worker? <laughs> like it, I know there's a lot more that comes into it. It's a bit of a matrix, um, but I just think it's really cool to to, to focus on people like Richard who um, who like what who like Fordy said. Um, perhaps don't get the limelight um but it definitely wants to watch
1: yeah absolutely i think there's a real balance i think you know um with any young player coming through there's an importance to have some spotlight on them because obviously that generates a profile and can lead to opportunities for them to to earn and, and create sponsorship but at the same time you kind of want that really good balance i always feel a little bit uncomfortable if a player kind of Attracts too much attention before they've kicked on because you don't want to put them unne- under ne- unnecessary pressure. Um, I think Richard gets that. He uses socials and he uses all that to, to deliver what he needs to. But he's also still grafting behind the scenes to, to, to till, still sort of earn opportunities and earn earn his right in in the game really but uh no he he's done great he's uh, as i say he came top five on euro pro he's got um challenge tour status for this season, which obviously has been slightly affected um clearly by what what's going on in the world at the moment, but he'll be he'll be ready to go as soon as um sort of uh, the whistle goes again really uh i know he's doing everything he can in the confinements of his own home. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and someone we're we're very proud to to work with.
0: And and how how tough is that is that sort of feed the tour all to life mark? Like how tough is it for players to 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 deliver the performance they need at the right time? And, and how hard is it financially and logistically to ensure that you're that you're supported? Because the future just seems so like um, uncertain all the time, right?
1: Yeah, I mean. You you've kind of uh, really hit the nail on the head there. It's extremely tough. Um, I think if you can go through those feeder tours, it says an incredible amount about you as a person. Um, it is tough financially. It's a grind. It's a real grind. Um, but if you can get through that, then um, y- you know you're, you are halfway there. I mean, Christian had our South African, who's obviously just um recently gotten top 50 in the world he'll tell you himself the challenge tour for him was an incredible incredible grind um you're you're playing week in week out the prize funds are obviously lower because obviously there's not as much tv and and what have you um but it's a great learning ground ground because you have to fight every week there's such a depth of talent on there um not only are there young players there's some sort of uh Slightly older pros who've maybe been around the main tours and uh, have dropped back a little bit, so it's just a, an incredible um, sort of learning ground for for any young player coming coming through, really. And it teaches you so much mentally. It teaches you so much about sort of fitness and and how you get through those weeks and weeks at a time on the road. So it's 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 an amazing place, I think. And um, it's young players in Europe are, are lucky to have. Obviously, those different tours to, to to play on.
0: Yeah, Christian's another guy that 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 strikes. He was an incredibly impressive person. Um, he's obviously underwent uh, you know several personal challenges. And then I saw a piece Nick Doddy did with him on, on Sky Sports. They did they did like a like a quick tip sort of thing. Um, he came across so well. It's it sort of it's almost a bit of a a DNA trait of, of modest golf players, right? That these sort of like gritty determined, uh, passionate people who, who, who love to just to work hard and, and, and try and maximize their potential.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, Christian, um, Christian has become an, like an amazing friend as well as a client for both Niall and I and the, the whole team, his family. Um, and we've really sort of been so, uh, fortunate to work with him over the last sort of four or five years. And, I mean you talk about Justin's story I mean Christian's story to to from such a young age he obviously nearly died at three years old um through uh drinking rat poison when he was a baby um to then um taking um tablets to stop a stammer which developed because of that and um not realizing they were banned substance in golf getting a ban for three years which was then overturned for nine months obviously being mocked at that young age for you know if you're being banned from golf obviously people have question marks over you which was then was all cleared and everything to come through all that and to to have a stammer and and to to, to beat all the odds and to go out there and become a, a serial winner and it, it is an inspiring inspiring story and he's he's someone which again to see him come from where he has to where he is in the game and you know you mentioned about the kind of type of modest player you know, we're very, very sort of um, passionate about, you know, we're not the reason why these guys are, the guys and girls are where they are in the game. We, we play a small clog in a much bigger wheel. You know, there are so many different sort of people who, who support Christian, whether it be fitness, whether it be family, you know, obviously it be there from the start, whether it be sponsors. So yeah, we, we pride ourselves on, on supporting them and helping them and, and being there when they need. But these, these, these clients of ours are, are, are so special and they do have something about them, which is what we look for, um, which, you know, sees them kick on and, and do so well. So uh, again, like Till, we're, we're so proud and delighted to be on that journey with them, but it's all credit to these guys and girls for their success they're achieving. We're just delighted to play a very small part in that, you know?
0: Yeah I mean it just must be so rewarding to work with such a such a good cohort of good cohort of players it, it it always makes a difference doesn't it when you know the people you're working with the people that are going to bring you up are going to improve you as a human being and and that sort of that that culture is really infectious i think and it it seems that like that's something that um that's developing at modest golf management and could be a, a sort of a, a foundation of its of, of its long term long term success um I, I guess another thing i wanted to sort of um to 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 ask you mark like you mentioned before you want to keep your stable fairly small and maximize your service for the for the for the clients that you that you bring on. Um, in in that case, what, what does Modest golf management look like in, in in five ten years from now? Like what what do you want to what do you want to keep um, bringing to the industry?
1: Um, yeah, good good question because I think probably you know if we were honest, we're probably ahead of schedule in terms of where we wanted to be as business. Um, we will definitely um, you know we have. Um, more of an American presence now we'll definitely do more stuff in America um, we will do more in the events world um, we've got some some exciting plans in that space as well um, we definitely want to do more in the ladies space um, we've obviously just brought on a, a full-time um a ladies player manager in Lisa Maguire former former player herself um to head up that so um yeah we'll we'll continue to develop but i guess what we don't ever want to do is we owe it to our players who have supported us from day one to make sure our service levels never drop so i guess i guess uh you know in short we will continue to grow but we'll do it organically we're in no rush to you know become a a bigger company you know we 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 have time on our sides we have the support of nile and modest management um to to do that so we'll take small steps and to make sure we make right decisions for our, our players and our clients because they are they they make up what modest golf is is about so yeah lot, lots of plans lots of developments lots of areas to grow but uh, it'll be done very organically and and we'll make the right decisions at the right times
0: awesome i, I really like that, that that sort of thoughtful. Um client-led approach i think it must be difficult for for any management business right to to look at its own sort of growth plans when um they never want to sort of have those plans at such an ambitious point that it takes away the focus from the service that they're trying to deliver to the players and they lose their identity or or quality of service as a result i imagine that's a really um a really difficult thing to get right
1: It, it it is um we're fortunate to have uh, a great blueprint in Modest Management, which is our parent company. Modest Management have dealt and still do with a number of worldwide acts from obviously One Direction to Nala as a solo artist, to Ollie Mers, to Little Mix, to Five Seconds of Summer, to Catherine Jenkins. You know, they, they've they got an array of, of huge worldwide talent. Um, but the talent is the business, right? Without great talent, you have no business. So. You know, for us, any decisions we make is—is is it right for our, our our players? Is it right for our clients? And and if if the answer to that is yes, then then it's the right it's the right decision. So, uh, yeah, it will always be clients first and and everything else else second. But we're we're fortunate to have a great team, um, around us now. And obviously, you know, um, we we as I said, we have mentioned we bought on a couple more staff and stuff. So we've got a really really nice family. Family feel and um, yeah, we're excited about um, once we're once the season gets up and running again. We're excited about the future, really.
0: Awesome. Um, and that's something that, that, that really interests me. You know, we we speak a lot um, on this podcast about um, about speaking with interesting, progressive, uh, unique, and individuals and brands to help make the game more relatable and fun. And I think yeah. sort of uh, cross pollination of of different cultures is something that that golf can can really focus on. Right? We often like we liken it to the ski and snowboard culture, um, etc. Yeah. But another obviously focal point of culture is music, and I think we're yeah. seeing off the back of the success of the waste management. Um, tournament at the moment which is essentially like a concert with, with golf on the with side uh, it'll be interesting to see how I guess you, you guys might be able to, to leverage um, your relationship with modest management right being, being your parent company uh, managing yeah. musicians and how that sort of uh, enters the golf world because I think if you can make uh, really, you know, really, really uh, stand out um, events that are associated with golf we can go a long way in changing the perceptions and breaking down the barriers that prevent people from, from, from playing the game in the first place
1: yeah absolutely and i think i'm like in an interesting position to have to 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 think about that because i'm 35 years old right so i've kind of grown up with a tiger era and everything but i'm also not at the other end of the spectrum where you know i've i've just watched golf in its real real traditional format so i'm kind of on the fence in the sense that i want certain traditions to be kept in place you know i i I developed so much, so much as a person by playing with older people when I was a kid and I learned manners and shaking hands at the end. And there's a certain etiquette in golf, which is so special, which has to be kept. But at the same time, clearly, you know, certain barriers have to be broken down to encourage younger kids to break through. You know, we talked about Adidas a bit earlier. What Adidas and Nike are doing in the fashion part of the world, you know, kids and young players who who wanna take up the game. They want to look good. They want to look cool. They want to, you know, look good whilst playing the sport they love. So we have to to allow sort of more depth in fashion in in, in golf and what people are allowed to wear and stuff in order to encourage that next generation to play. So for, for me, there's a balance, right? And and that balance has to be right. And certainly like your big events like the major championships and some of the more traditional events, absolutely they they mustn't be be touched and there must be some history and, and traditions in in this this game because that's what made it so special um globally but at the same time you know what the european tour and and what the global tours are doing for the game in terms of just tweaking some formats speeding up the game um the rise of social influencers and podcasts like what you guys are doing it's amazing because that's how younger people and the younger generations are, are are digesting information now. So the more work, you know, your social influences and all that can do. You know, these social influences, a lot of them have got more followers than the players outside the world top hundred because their their audiences are, are much wider, right? They're not just golfers who who listen to them. So, you know, there's so many different people who've got roles to play. But I, I think, you know, obviously what's going on in the world right now, it's um You know, it's 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 stops everything. But I do feel personally that the future is bright in golf. I think, um, you know, the work that Narl and and non non golfers are doing to promote the game is fantastic. I think the rise of social media and and what the players are doing to appeal to wider audiences, along with all the governing bodies. For me, it's a really, really exciting time. Um, from a modest perspective, absolutely, we'll do our bit. Um, we obviously brought the the first um, equal prize fund male female event to Europe uh, last last year, um, which was a cool, unique format to help showcase sort of uh, the strength and depth in the ladies' game. Um, we tried to have a bit of a music element on that, music on the range, and and that kind of stuff. So for for us as a business, yes, we're we're absolutely we we. We have to do our bit, along with so many other people. We'll do our bit, um, but we'll always do it with uh, as long as it's credible. You know, we don't want to go down the sort of too gimmicky, too gimmicky road.
0: No, I, I, absolutely. I think what we've recognised through having this this the seventy fifth seventy um, fifth episode that, that that we've done, um, and what I've sort of managed to to gather from all these conversations is that um, there's a sort of special. Uh, thing with golf that we that need to maintain um, some of its core, core attributes throughout its foundations like learning, learning respect, etiquette um, how to compete, how to interact with people socially etc but what we need to do is not let that taint, um, taint, the, taint the view of the future so to speak and not to get caught up in, in how people actually interact with golf because you can interact golf. You can interact with golf online. You can interact with golf on eighteen holes. You can go play nine holes. You can go and do Top Golf. You can even do fantasy golf now. There are so many different ways to interact and enjoy golf. There's no right or wrong way to do it. If we're having a conversation now that inspires someone to to get into fantasy golf and they don't pick up a club, then that's, that's fine as well. We need to be less precious about how people are interacting with it. Um, in order to appeal to, to, to why do you want to make it more relatable to more people? Um, absolutely. But, yeah, and absolutely. That's and key I, relatability.
1: absolutely. And I think um, what golf has, which very few other sports has, is the it can bring the the amount of people I've met in my lifetime from so many different backgrounds, from so many different you know, kind of, um, you know, working class backgrounds to CEOs of successful companies to successful females. You know, this golf brings together people like for me, not many sports can. And that's magical. And, that, and that's something which uh, why I have such a love for the game. So for, for me, yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right. You know, you have to keep some of the traditions, but you have to evolve and you have to constantly evolve and encourage a younger generation, and and that's why I I feel that there are so many stakeholders who have to do their bit, and they certainly are. Your Keith Pelleys at the European Tours, and the work they do on social media, your influencers, your your podcasts, your 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 fashion brands, your Adidas, your Nikes, to make golf cooler, you know. So for for me, you know, and and that's without forgetting, it's a it's a it's a sport which you can do and keep fit, and you know, walk for three, four, five hours and play your friends. Incredible. Of and and I, I genuinely believe that the the future is bright for the game.
0: No, I, 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 absolutely. I, I don't think you could have, you, you, you could have put a better mark. And I, I guess obviously we're just over, you know approaching um, over over the hour mark there. One, one and I'm obviously conscious that you've that you've got that you've got stuff getting on with. So I'll, yeah. I'll make it my last question. But uh, you're the perfect person to probably ask. We've just, yes. obviously, uh, the PJ have just released, uh, the PJ Tour have just released um, the new schedule, the, the packed late summer, um, sort of early autumn schedule. Like, how are you approaching this? And I guess this just applies to Tyrrell right, who's in the world's top 50, who, um, who knows the events he wants to play. Like, have you sat down with Tyrell yet and discussed, and discussed what's going to be the best approach to make sure he peaks at the right times?
1: Um honestly not yet it's a little bit too premature until they obviously all the you know european and pga all released their confirmed schedules which is obviously still up in the air until we we hear more about what's going on with the government and what have you i mean firstly i'd just like to recognize i think all these governing bodies have had such an incredibly tough tough job to to do to try and navigate this um you know the majors and the Ryder Cup, and and we've obviously lost a lot of great golf over the summer. But there's a much much bigger and more serious um, thing going on right now than than the game. Um, and the first and foremost, you know, we just hope that everyone gets through this healthy and and safely. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I mean, firstly, we we haven't yet had those conversations with Tyrrell. I think it's a little bit premature until all the the bodies in golf put together their schedules, and at that point um he'll he'll look at that and what what works best for him um i think it's right across the board i think even your younger players coming through they will need to work on their schedules and try and peak for tour school if that happens um but but right now obviously um you know the the, the more important thing is obviously everyone just getting through this safe and well and um those conversations can come down the line but i think you know for for me I think the the governing bodies in golf have done a, an an amazing job but even just getting those on the calendar for this year mm. I think the I think the the winners in this are the golf fans right they the you know that last quarter of the year is going to be action packed with some of the biggest and best golf tournaments in the world um and with the Masters coming in in November and then obviously Christmas and then after Christmas you're going to have the run into the Masters 2021 so I mean, I genuinely hope for the game that once we get out of this awful situation, that it will hopefully have a real spike in golf, because I know for a fact I can't wait to play a game, and the amount of live sport, and as a golf fan, the amount of live golf we'll be able to digest will be second to none. So um, I think it gives us all something to to look forward to once we get out of this incredibly um, tough. and and sad situation that um, the world finds itself in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I I don't intend to sort of sound naive. The, the, obviously, there's a there's a, a large public scale at, at, at hand here that's far bigger than, than than golf. But I think what what we can all do now is just marvel at the prospect of of what that sort of uh, that that late summer, early autumn uh, golf season is going to look like. I mean, uh, I'm I'm so I've so it. it's mouth watering. It's literally mouth watering. Uh
1: absolutely and i know just as a as a golf fan as i keep saying but um you know the day the the masters uh, announced that uh, they had a provisional date all being well for november i mean you know it blew up on social media i think it gave us all something to to look forward to again uh, which right now is what we all need right? it's hope and it's it's stuff to look forward to and um you know it is all a mental challenge for everybody Right now, what what we're all going through, so to have little glimmers of like that is is absolutely incredible. So uh, I cannot wait for one to see. Um, you know, it's going to be a different Masters definitely, but um, to see all the the best golfers in the world teeing up in November in uh, Augusta, Georgia, will be pretty special as a business as well. To have two players playing, and obviously Christian Bezain had making his his debut uh, after the journey he's been on, it's 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 a pretty uh, special thing for us to look forward to. Um, as well as a business, you know.
0: Oh, I, I can imagine. Will, will you be going to to the sort of the US Open Ryder Cup um, weeks? Will you be attending? Try,
1: try and stop me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'll be. Uh, I'm looking forward to um, to it. Yeah, I think uh, now more than ever, you really appreciate. Um, you know, you appreciate the, the the fun you can have in in the jobs we do. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be looking forward to attending those and, and watching the boys play and compete.
0: Awesome. Um, and I think there's, there's one other thing I want to sort of bring up. I know we sort of touched upon it earlier in the podcast. Um, is it is it golf? Obviously, I'm, I'm consuming on, on social media all the time. I'm, I'm reading. I'm, I'm literally just consuming golf. However... Possibly, however possible, um, and I sort of noticed a friendship occur in uh in Nile and Justin Rose, and then I saw them saw them working together, and now now I know why. Can you can, can you tell us a bit more, Mark, around sort of how those guys got connected, and um, and what what their sort of their charitable work aims to aims to do?
1: Yeah, sure, and I think that's quite a fitting sort of last question for you because your first question was why I got into the game and and all that kind of stuff, and and to be honest, um, you know, I always just felt that golf um just needed to catch up a bit with the entertainment world and the music world and become a little bit cooler and a bit more appealing to the masses and and so when we first entered entered the the world of golf if you like with modest golf management um i just felt obviously i know nile is um does so much work in the charity space he he's fantastic at using his profile for 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 greater good and for raising money for particular children's charities. And he, he I, I can't speak enough highly of how, how much he does and similarly with Justin. And we just thought, well, um, you know, Justin and Nile at that point had become friends and Nile and had been going to a lot of golf events and he'd got quite pally um, with Justin and his family. And and we all were hanging out a lot. And we, um, we went on a, uh, a holiday after the Masters actually one year and it, it happened over a beer. And I just said to the boys, look, you know, why why don't we do a, a charity event, the Horn and Rose as it has now become called and basically bring the worlds of sport and the worlds of um, music and entertainment together for an incredible night, a, a, go- a golf day and a golf gala dinner with a difference if you like. And um, that's exactly what we've done and we've had um some incredible success in two events they've raised between them over 1.7 million pounds for charity we've got the third event happening this september all being well lewis capaldi's performing and we've got um, some incredible guests coming and um and yeah as i say so it's a it's a charity event will surpass 2.5 million total uh this coming year and um the fans of Justin and Nile also have opportunities to be involved um every year they do something online to help people who want to contribute um to to the charity fundraising but yeah it, it came about really through the love of the game of golf and and wanting to try and make it appeal to a, a wider audience really um which hopefully is 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 what we we're, we're trying to do um and uh yeah so it's a great event and some we have so much fun in planning it's uh it's like a you know all the lead up to it's uh pretty pretty incredible and um the boys are absolutely both incredible to work with on the on the project
0: i i, I can imagine i think i think it's i think it's really commendable what you do. And like i said one thing i've learned from um from from, from from doing all these podcast episodes is really understanding that um it's it, the, the heart of it sort of it, um people taking up the game is, is, is based purely on, on relatability. I think that's a big part of accessibility. You're only gonna approach something positively or want to interact with it if you can see something in it that, that resembles yourself or or see a part in, in, in that particular thing that you think you can do well at or um, improve in, etc. I think sort of putting together these um, these large events that combine music, people from from different industry sectors um, is 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 a really cool and, and beneficial thing for the game. So congratulations on that that. Um I, I think as well it must be pretty cool from your end. You're yes, you're a you're a player manager first and foremost, but um your role has become so much more varied and, and the impact of the business that you've started is is sort of grown a lot a lot further. Um a lot a lot sort of um more than just than, than just helping uh, golfers get by on tour, right? You're you're impacting the game in other ways. So that must be incredibly rewarding.
1: Thank you. Yeah and I I think a large amount of credit for that has to go with, with Nar really because he is an inspiring guy to work alongside you know the way he uses the success he's had to to do more than just sell albums and record which ultimately that kind of success probably defines now on paper um the charity work he does and what have you so we kind of very much from the start in 2015 when um we launched the business we always said look if we're going to do this we're going to do our own little bit you know and obviously as a said before you know lots of different people do lots of incredible um things in the game and and in 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 life and society anyway but for us as a business we wanted to just do our bit to 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 do things for for, for people in in less fortunate positions than ourselves so the horn and rose is is such a special thing you know i i feel the luckiest guy in the world because i get to work with two of my best mates on it um but at the same time you know we're to see somewhere where that money's gone to some charities across the world it it, it is saving lives right um so all the people who are so uh, generous in in donating and so kind it's really really making a difference so you know for for us we're just really trying to just do our little bit to um to, to help people in 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 more need than ourselves so thank you for recognizing that
0: no, awesome. No, th- th- thank you so much. And, and look back, we've we've well exceeded the the uh, the, the hour time slot of that that I, uh, yeah. that I asked from you. So I am yeah. conscious of that. Thank you so much for for, for, for taking the time out of your day and doing something that perhaps you you wouldn't have done um, in a normal circumstance if you were caught up in the yeah. in the day to day of of normal life. I hope it's given listeners. Um, inspiration and um, education about about sort of how player management works a bit more sort of around the around the sort of behind the scenes things like that goes into it and um yeah i really hope that people got a lot of value by I, I sure they have
1: I, I hope so and uh yeah congrats on all the success you're having you know it's uh it's really innovative to to do what you're doing and to to create more interest in in the game and and hopefully your listeners uh our golf fans or, or thinking about taking up the game you know it's a wonderful wonderful sport to play um and it's a it's a great industry to work with so i would definitely definitely you know recommend with my whole heart any young person wanting to get into the game to to do it because you'll never regret it it's a sport you can play for life
0: oh absolutely i could i, I we could start another podcast now on all the benefits yeah. of it but uh we're gonna have to stop it there Mark. thanks so much yeah. again man no problem
1: and uh, speak to you soon stay safe
0: bye bye you too